0: Hello and welcome to the Feminine as Fuck podcast. I'm your host, Monica Yates, a period and women's life coach, where I help women to harness the power of their period and connect back to their true superpowers. In these episodes, we'll be talking about all things periods, vaginas, hormones, women's health, sex, confidence, food, femininity, and all the stuff that goes through our heads. You will walk away from each episode with new nuggets and truth bombs, as I don't seem to have a filter and I love talking about all the shit that people are too afraid to say, but everyone is thinking. Hello, everyone. Well, this is crazy. Bit of a change of scenery here. I'm currently sitting underneath my doona on my bed to hopefully not get any echo for you guys, because I don't have some full pro setup system yet, because I literally decided five days ago that I was going to actually bite the bullet inside a podcast, Um, if you know me, if you follow me on Instagram, if you don't, you should, um, my handle is at monarchy 8 Health, and if you've been following me for a while and you're an OG subscriber, not subscribing, what the fuck, um, follower, but like I don't even like to say follower because I'm not like, I'm not, you guys aren't sheep, anyway, whatever, um, you will know that I've been asked for a long time, I'd say nearly about a year now to do a podcast because I like talking as you would gather. Um, I am quite the talkative person. I am Little Miss Chatterbox. Anyway, and I just kind of bit the bullet because I was like, you know what, I'm able to reach out to a broader audience, which is amazing because my goal is just to be able to help as many women as possible um, and change as many lives as possible. Um, And also, um, it means that you guys can listen to me more on the go because I realize that YouTube videos and stuff are fab and I love doing them and I will continue to do so. But two reasons. One, you know, you can't download a YouTube video, so you have to use your 4G. And like, let's be real, we don't all have endless amounts of 4G. So that's like a real, real problem for the majority of us. I know it is for me. Um, And then Instagram Live, it runs out. Same thing it's a video, you have to sit down and watch it. You can't like pause it and shit. So that also becomes a little bit annoying. Um, and then also just for me, like I have to look, I have to look like not done up fully because I always jump on Instagram stories and I'm like looking pretty gross, but, um, I need to look kind of presentable. Not to be on camera, and if you know me, you know that sometimes I am just not the most presentable person to be around. Anyway, this is great because now it can be like 10 p.m. at night, and I can be, um, if I get a spur of inspo, I can chat to you guys. which just fantabulous. Anyway, I'm gonna jump straight into it and not talk too much about butt fuck nothing. Um, oh yeah, just a little FYI that I can guarantee you that every single um, episode is gonna have swearing in it. So if you are offended by swearing, then. I'm definitely not your girl because I was actually saying this to a new client the other day that, um, that when you swear, the moment that you swear, it actually cuts your ego out of your mind. Um, so it actually allows you to just like snap into the present moment for a second. And that's why uh, a lot of coaches and a lot of like, you know, um, personal development people actually use it because it actually cuts you out of the, um, the sort of cycles that your brain is in of like, Oh, poor me, poor me. When someone says fucking shut up, you're like, whoa. And just for that one second, you've actually snapped yourself out of it. So that's a little behind the, re- like the reasons for why um, I do it, but also because that's just my personality. I am very, very real, very no bullshit, a bit cutthroat, and um, I don't beat around the bush, which you will find, um, you'll kind of figure that out in these episodes. Anyway, the first episode that I'm doing, as in the one right now that you are listening to, I'm just doing a little intro. I'm going to tell you guys about my story um, for two reasons. One, because I want you guys to be able to sort of feel like you know me, and then you can understand the reference. That I talk about further on, but also because apparently, when you set up a podcast, you need to, um, you need to like have your first thingy to like test it out or something or other and if you don't have your first episode then it can get like um like they won't put it up I don't know something random like that so I was like let's just be on the safe side it's probably Monica um a couple things to know about me I often talk in third person I often say Monica does this or like hi Monica or like Monica you are dumb um and another thing is that I talk really really fast so if you well everyone says that about me um if you Uh, can't understand me. You might need to actually slow down your settings on your podcast. For me, I actually speed everybody up because I find everybody to be like a slow talker. Um, But you might actually need to slow me down um, because I am quite the fast talker. However, this is going to be a great experience for me because I'm going to try and practice at talking a little bit slower. However, I always have a lot to say in a short amount of time. So we've already gone to like four minutes and 36 seconds or something since the intro. So okay. Let's start it from the very beginning, shall we? We'll start at the very beginning. Okay. So long story short, I was born in Melbourne. Um, and then when I was really, really tiny, like don't even remember it, like fucking baby, not walking yet, um, but screaming apparently. Um, actually, mum said I was a pretty good kid. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, um, we moved to New York City. So grew up in New York. I uh, absolutely loved it. And that's why you'll, um, you know, I'm moving to New York at the end of the year. Um, I'm going there in a couple of months to do some talks and, and to LA as well. Um, New York just has my heart. When people say, why are you moving there? I, it's honestly like, it's a bit of an I don't know answer. And, um, and that's not because I don't know. My answer is, I just feel so at home there. I don't really feel 100% at home anywhere else. I don't really feel like I belong in any other city, but I really feel like I belong in New York. And, um, one time I was doing some like deep subconscious work and actually saw my youngest version I've ever seen of myself. Um, I can remember like what till I can remember like my earliest memories, like five years old when I was like ice skating on like the frozen Creek. Um, but my, then I was doing some, um, subconscious work with a coach and, um, I remember being like really tiny like 3 years old standing outside this deli in up, on the upper west side Mum was inside it was almost like I was a dog to be honest on the footpath waiting for my own oh, whatever a bit random um and I was looking at my mum, but I would like as me the older version I was looking at my little young self and she was wearing like a pink dress and she had a Madeline hat on I used to be obsessed with Madeline anyway and I looked to her and she said to me if you want to find me again you need to come back here and for a lot of us we're always just trying to connect back to our inner child because our inner child is pure joy pure happiness pure love Um, it is so pure and it hasn't, we are born perfection. We are born without any conditioning and stuff. And it's the stuff that we learn over time that then um, is what adds to the layers of the onion. So it's all about peeling back those layers to come back to the core and your core is your soul and your inner child and stuff. Um, And that, oh my God, my neck is getting so sore from holding my doona up. I'm going to have to work out another way to do this. Um, and that's sort of um another reason why it was actually just more I, this happened to me last year, and it was actually more just like an affirmation of like, right, I need to get my ass there ASAP. I already decided I was moving there beforehand, but it was kind of like a when I'm ready. Um, and ready often means when you are like super financially stable, because you know money's a big block for most people. Um, you know, me included, I work through it every day. Um anyway, so I'm moving to New York end of the year, whatever. So I grew up in New York, lived there, um, So most of my first memories and everything is there, are are from there. Then I moved to Sydney, Australia, and then we moved moved to Melbourne for a bit, and then I'm back in Sydney. So right now I'm in Sydney. Um, Love Sydney, love Melbourne, but nothing compares to New York City. Anyway, so that's sort of like my growing up bit. Um, my sort of story in terms of like where I got, how I got to where I am, I never knew that I was going to do this. If somebody said to me in year 12, Monica, you're going to teach women about their periods and talk about sex and femininity and like just do all that sort of like counselling brain stuff. Um, I would have been like, uh, that's the weirdest thing ever. And ew, who the fuck wants to talk about periods? Because I was not obsessed with periods or anything like that when I was younger, but, um, little did I know here I am. So when I was in school and stuff, what I always wanted to be was, um, well, when I was little, I wanted to be a pop star. And then as I grew up, I was going to, you know, be a businesswoman. I was going to do my bachelor of, um, commerce at Melbourne uni. Um, I'd gotten into like, the top RMIT program for fashion design I was very very into sewing and fashion and um and I still love sewing and I was really talented at that but um and I thought that was my thing you know but actually mum said to me a couple of years later once I found my period stuff she was like I deep down knew that wasn't your thing but I obviously wasn't going to tell you that because we all need to go on our own journey which was good of her um anyway so the reason how I got to where I am right, right, right now was I was on my gap year, and um, I'd been doing my ski instructor course and in Whistler, having an absolute ball. Like, oh my God, it was the most fun thing ever. Um, then I moved to London and I was really bored one day and I went to, um, I walked all the way into, oh shit, what's that big department store in London called? I think it starts with S. Uh, I can't remember. Anyway, I went in there and I bought Sarah Wilson's I Quit Sugar cookbook. And my mom had like talked about her and she'd done the eight-week program and everything. And I used to have a serious addiction to fruit to the point where like my mom would ban me from grapes because I would be so violently ill from eating too many of them. Anyway, and she, you know, said to me like, maybe you should like slow down on the fruit like it's too much sugar. And I was like, no, it's natural sugar. There's no such thing as too much fruit. Well, Little did I know. Anyway, so I sat down and read this book, literally the whole book in one day um, in London, made a ton of notes. And um, from that day forward, quit sugar and very, very rarely eat it. And it will usually be um, some fruit as a treat. Like I never, like on a day-to-day basis, I'll never have fruit. Um, but for special occasions, I will. So that was what sort of started me. And then I um, and then I was just got back into my cooking. I was always very healthy. So I was always a healthy girl at school. Um, and I was always quite health conscious, but the wrong sort of health conscious, right? I was like the low fat calorie counting, kill myself till I burn 600 calories on the cross trainer after school sort of thing. I wasn't, um, I wasn't just, I wasn't healthy in my mind, body and soul, but um, anyway, I was like the marketing healthy. So then, um, then, yeah, I was in London. Um, I started getting really healthy again, but actually healthy this time, having lots more fats, having less, um, less rice and all those sort of, um, the grains that can be really disruptive to your gut. Um, anyway, and, and less quote unquote natural sugar. Um, And that was sort of what led me onto my journey. And I was putting up pictures of my food on Snapchat back when Snapchat was like a thing, um, was putting it up on there. And one of my friends, actually Steph, she said to me, can you just start a blog so I can stop asking you for recipes? And I was like, yeah, why the fuck don't I? So I did and I started a blog. Um I traveled around Europe for a month with my girlfriends from Sydney and I stayed sugar-free the whole time except for a bit of gelato in um Italy because it would actually be fucking rude not to do that. Um and that would be like just unhealthy to go to go to Europe, go to Italy and then not eat any ice cream. Like that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Anyway, and then um, so then I started my blog when I got back to Melbourne from my gap year started it and it was all going really well and I just became more and more interested in my health anyway and then fast forward a little bit I broke up with my boyfriend at the time and so I was like oh no point being on the pill anymore so I went off the pill and this is sort of where things went a little bit downhill I went off the pill and I was so effing skinny at the time I didn't actually realize how skinny I was right at the time I thought I needed to be skinnier I was still in the mindset of like losing weight getting fitter getting Leaner, but I was, and looking back on pictures, I was just like, whole, "I'm, whole, I'm like holy effing shit." I was like skin and boring, But the thing was, it wasn't intentional. So the thing was that I was actually eating so much food, more than what I am eat, eat now, so 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 much food, but it was going in one end and straight out the other. Um, basically coming off the pill, my body lost all of its hormones. So I was making no progesterone and no estrogen. I was making a little bit of testosterone, but even still, it was such a low level. And when I got these test results back, I was like, holy shit, like they were dangerously, dangerously low. So I started working on my stress levels. I'd had quite a bit of stress at the same time. Um, sorry, I'm just trying to get a little more comfortable. My leg is like breaking. Um, I was started working on my stress levels. I started um, just trying to eat um, eat like a ton more fat in my food, good fats, of course, um, and carbs. And that combo is what can help you pop on a little bit of um, weight. So I basically needed to just put on weight, right? And it was I was it, was, it took me so long. It took me eighteen months to get my first period back. Um, I was doing herbs and all that sort of stuff, but to be honest, I don't really think the herbs helped me that much. Um, I think it might have done a little bit of something, kick-started a little bit, but um, honestly, I really needed to just fucking get my weight back on because it was insane how skinny I was um, and fix my brain because my HPA axis was just screaming danger, danger, danger to my body. So once I fixed that, I got my period back um, and that was the end of 2017. I got – actually, can I point in just there – Um, I also have seen the effect that men have on women's cycles in in a good way. And I actually really believe that my, then my boyfriend that I got like second half of 2017, I actually reckon that he had such a big part to play in my hormones. When I first met him, I didn't have my period still. And, um, and you know, when I was with him, then my hormones were coming back. So I, I believe for obvious reasons like we're talking orgasms sex um just being around men and all those ha- those endorphins and the oxytocin and the serotonin and stuff um I actually really believe that being around men plays a really, really big role. And I've seen it for quite a few women and for myself, um, and just boosting your libido and stuff. And if your libido is higher, then of course, you know, nothing is, nothing plays a role by itself. It's all interconnected. So I got my period back for about two cycles. Um, and then I got really horrendous, um, Quincy. So I actually had tonsillitis Uh, and I've never had tonsillitis before, but it was so bad that I, couldn't kill it naturally, and I was unable to breathe. So I had to go on antibiotics, which didn't make me happy because I'd been on a ton of antibiotics before that. Oh, I have something I missed out was I had. Um, actually, I'll go back to that in a second. So, I went on antibiotics for my, for my tonsillitis. It didn't go away. So I then actually ended up a week later getting QuinCY. QuinCY. If you Google it, maybe don't go on images. Basically, it's like your tonsils get so inflamed that they start just like filling with pus and it was fucking foul. Like I can't even tell you, it was the grossest thing ever. And I thought it was just like the tonsillitis had come back, but it wasn't going away and everybody was kind of blowing me off. But it was like, as in my family and friends and um and boyfriend, and everyone was like blowing me off. And I was like literally dying and I was like, something is actually wrong. Anyway, um, I had to go to the hospital then because I was so unable to breathe um so I went to the hospital and they put me on steroids and all that crap and nothing worked so I, I came back anyway they ended up you know being like okay it's Quincy and they had to fucking drain my tonsils it was butt fucking foul like I can't even tell you it was like a needle in my throat and they were oh my god I have full goosebumps and they were draining it it was so disgusting So the stress from that made me lose my period again. I'm very sensitive to stress. It made me lose, lose, made me lose my period again. So I lost it again. Um, you know, I didn't get it for a month and I thought it was going to come back, but then we all went away, me and my family for an amazing ski trip. And on the second fucking skiing day, I had a really horrendous ski accident and I was then in hospital um, and I lost my period again. As soon as it happened, I was like, right there goes my period. Like not as like a damsel in distress moment, but like I just knew like my body's very sensitive to stress Um, and my period was just so sensitive because it's only just coming back. Anyway, um, so I had a really horrendous ski accident. Basically what happened was um, I was going – I'm a certified ski instructor. Like I know how to ski, but um, a snowboarder actually hit me and – my bindings i think were on too tight so everybody please go check your bindings next time you're skiing i think my bindings were too tight because otherwise my ski boot should have popped out basically it didn't and my knee twisted and my acl ripped off a chunk of my um tibia which is like my shin bone it ripped off a chunk of that bone which is fucking insane but my acl didn't rip it just ripped off the bone like wild anyway Uh, partial tear in my MCL. I had a fluid pocket enamel damage and cartilage damage. Um, So that was a fun seven hour operation. Um, And that was on Christmas Eve that happened. So that was a real bummer. The pain that I was in was beyond excruciating. I can't even explain how horrendous it was. It was the pain where you do want to die. It was the pain actually. It was a sort of pain where I thought from this amount of pain, you would be knocked out. You know, when people are in that much pain they, um, their body knocks themselves out. Yeah. That's what I thought. I like, I was like, why hasn't my body knocked me out yet? Like that's the amount of pain I was in. It was absolutely wild anyway. Um, so that was not fun. Um, so I had a big operation then and I was on a ton of drugs, like absolute explosive amount. um, and that took me a really long time to recover. So I was in a wheelchair for about a month. We stayed in the ski resort whilst I wasn't actually allowed to fly home. Um, and my family kept skiing and I sort of tried to put up with it as best I could. It was really, really emotionally challenging and mentally challenging and physically challenging and and spiritually challenging. Um, I'm lucky that I do have such a strong belief that I trust in the universe and I do believe everything happens for a reason. I've seen it time and time again in my life. Um... And honestly, I don't know how people live not believing that everything happens for a reason because that's just a pretty like shitty approach to be having every day of your life. Every time something goes wrong, you're like, fuck the universe. Like what the hell? Anyway. Um, so it was really, really hard, but we we're, we're getting there. Um, so I was in a wheelchair for a month and I was on crutches for another month and a half. They were, they told me that I was going to be um unable to wait there for three months and I kept saying to the surgeon, nah, nah, nah. Like I kept just being like, nah, I'm, I'm gonna be faster than that, I'm gonna be faster than that. And he was like, you actually can't be. Like that's how long it's gonna take to heal. But of course, with the power of my brain and my really, really healthy diet and lots of bone broth and stuff, I did heal faster. So um I was off crutches about three weeks before I was meant to be, which was fantastic. Um and Belly getting back into it, God, learning how to walk was the hardest thing in my life. He really if you've experienced this, you'll understand what I'm talking about, but your brain's just like, just walk Monica, but like you actually can't, like it's this, it's the weirdest thing, like I'd put my leg down and it would just like full on, like I couldn't put weight through it, like it was, it's incredible how amazing, I just, that's why I love brains, it's incredible how your brain operates. Anyway, so I had that ski accident um, and then about uh, like my fourth month in from my ski accident, um, I got an abscess in my, in my, um, incision. So as my scar was, as my incision was healing, which is like the scar on my leg now, um, I, this hole started to form. Basically, um, my body rejected one of the stitches and it was creating a big fat hole in my leg, which was great. Um, the pictures are absolutely foul. So I'm not going to post them anywhere, but actually if you were a follower back then you would have seen them. Because I did post the pictures, um, but basically it was like this massive hole in my leg, like you could stick your finger in it. It was you it was you could see like my flesh. It was disgusting, um, and I tried to. Um, it wasn't infected though, which was the great thing. It wasn't actually infected, so I kept it uninfected. Is that a word? Uninfected. I don't know. Anyway, um, but and I didn't go on antibiotics or anything, even though the doctor was like, you have to go in antibiotics. You have to go on antibiotics. I was like, why? And they were like. And I was like, is it infected? And they're like, no, but, and I'm like, right, so I'm not going to go on antibiotics because my argument is if you're, if you go on antibiotics, like it's just going to lower my immune system more. And my immune system's already so low from all of the antibiotics I've been on in hospital and all the drugs I've been on. Why would I throw more of an immune suppressant into my body? Um, It's only going to make it more likely that it gets infected. Anyway, so they try, we tried to just, um, we tried to allow it to heal slowly, naturally, but it it wasn't, it was just getting bigger and bigger and it wasn't getting infected. It was just getting bigger. And my surgeon in America, whom I love so effing much, um, his name is Jeffrey Orr. I need to give him a shout out because he's the best. He's in Lake Tahoe. Um, if any of you have a ski accident in Lake Tahoe, he is your man. Um, he was, he's, he was the one that actually said to me, um, if, even if you allow it to heal naturally, you're going to have more of a big scar than if they cut it out and just, and they cut it out and redo the surgery, because then you'll have a, a line like you already do. So basically I was like, okay, let's just do the surgery. I gave in, um, not even gave it. I wasn't giving in. I just realized that if I, like I was, I had to keep going back to the hospital every two days to get the dressing change. And I was like, I can't do this. Like, this is ridiculous. So I got another surgery and at the same time. They tore through my scar tissue in my knee because, um, my flexion and extension was really, really bad um and my surgeon was a bit worried about it my American surgeon Jeff was a bit worried about it because if you leave the scar tissue for too long without moving it um then you have to get another surgery for them to like burn it or cut it out or something anyway so they also bent my knee fully and straightened it fully in the surgery which is creepy to think about which at least tore the scar tissue so that was my second operation and I woke up um and had to go on crutches for a little bit more, but then, you know, it it set me back a little bit, but at least um, the the wound was gone. Um, And that sort of was my ski accident. And then from then on, a ton of rehab, learning how to walk again, Um, just getting all my strength back, getting my body back, lowering my cortisol. I got my period back about six months after my ski accident and I have had it ever since then, which has been great. It's tough for me to hold on to. I've had one month where I was really stressed and I didn't get it. Um, but that's sort of my journey of my period. And really between the first time I lost my period when I came off the pill, um, the first time I lost it, I was just wanting to know why did I lose my period? Like what is the reason here? Um, and I was trying to figure out like what was going on with my body. So I started doing a lot of research and I was like, holy shit, there is this whole world that nobody has taught me about. There is barely much education about this at school. All we're really told about at school is like we get a period and it can, you know, you could fall pregnant basically by looking at a boy. Like it's just so much fear placed in our minds, right? And, before I went on the pill, um, I had horrendous periods. Like my, this is the reason why I went on the pill was because my periods were so horrendous. I couldn't deal with it. Like I would sit on the toilet and the blood would gush out of me. My periods were so heavy. I couldn't even wear tampons. I had to wear maternity pads. And even then I'd have a maternity pad on for 20 minutes and then I'd have to get, I'd have to change it again. Like it was horrific. Right. But nobody told me, oh, it's estrogen dominance or, oh, let's look at the food you're eating or the stress or all these other things in your body or let's do some natural things. It was just like, let's stick you on the pill and then it will lighten your period. Well, it lightened my period so fucking much I lost it. Like anyway, and FYI, ladies, quickly I'll point in the... The bleed that you get when you're on the pill is not a period. Um, Anyway, so through that first year, that was what made me get really interested in periods, and I just got obsessed with it. And I was like, "This is what I want to do. This is 100% what I want to do in my life." Um, And then the second time I lost my period, it was again reaffirming just how much I am so passionate about this and learning more and more about this. And it just, I just kept studying and studying and studying and understanding as much as I could about periods. And here I am now. Um, And obviously in that time as well, um, gone to uni, I've studied my life coaching certificate. So I'm like ICF certified, um, all that jazz. And um, here I am now teaching women about their periods and hormones and health and self-confidence and and sex and all that life stuff that we deal with. Um, Side note, Monica actually means to advise and counsellor. So that is super random, but I don't even think it's random. I think it's a Absolutely perfect um, how that has worked out. I guess some other little side note things that you ladies might be interested in um, is that I think at one point I actually had a bit of endometriosis. Um, I used to get such painful periods. Um, so when I was on a gap year, I would wake up in the middle of the night with like stabbing, stabbing pains in my uterus. Um, I'd have really, really painful sex. I remember one time I was having sex and I just started screaming with pain and um, that was fun for him. <laughs> um, anyway, so, so, uh, and then when I fixed my diet and quit sugar and stuff, it all went away. So I have dealt with um, a bit of everything. Um, I've dealt with the bad periods, Dealt with the papal sex. Dealt with the endo. Dealt with the um, dealt with the really really heavy periods. Um, dealt with all the surgery and the inflammation, and going from really skinny to then having my curves back, and how that affected my brain as well, and what I was thinking about myself and my self confidence. Um, but honestly, some of the things that I've my ski accident is the biggest blessing. I have had the biggest 2018, like just so much growth, and and the whole process was just me needing to trust so much. Hence, I now have trust tattooed on my ribs. Um, but one of the biggest things that really I was uh, one of the biggest lessons for 2018 um, for me personally was that at the time of something, you're like, oh my god, this is taking forever. So for example, for me to get my strength back, for me to get toned again, for me to, you know, when I was had my ski accident, um, I put on a lot of cortisol weight, not a lot. It was just that I started getting cellulite on my stomach. Now in my family, the girls, we all naturally carry our weight in our bums and hips um, and we have very flat stomachs. It's easy for us to like get a toned stomach and we don't carry weight in our stomach. But from my ski accident, all the cortisol is just sat on my stomach. And I'll explain in another episode why this happens, why your body stores um, fat around your stomach when you've got high cortisol, which is your stress hormone, oh, sorry, I'm just like doing hang up. Uh, your stress hormone. Um, But yeah, like I'm in a hospital, right? And if you look at like videos and stuff, like I've lost muscle and weight on my arms and my legs. But then you can see like my stomach, like it hasn't, like it's inflamed as fuck. Anyway, um, that was also all the drugs and my liver working really hard. So at the time when I was trying to get my fitness back, I'm like, oh my God, why is this taking so long? I can't fit into like, you know, my shorts are tight, my skirt's tight, nothing fits me. I don't feel confident in any of my clothes. Like I'm so puffy and inflamed and all this shit and at the time you're like when the fuck is this going to end but honestly time flies one and two like I don't know how to say it but basically at the time that's what you think but like 2018 has gone so quickly and now I'm back to doing Pilates being able to walk you know I'm getting my old body back but you know what it's taught me so much that your confidence comes from within it fuck and I know everybody says this but this is something I'm really passionate about now with teaching women and my approach is a little bit different it's not stand in front of the mirror and tell yourself I love you it's just getting to the core of the shit but also just being super real about it like the the real facts were I had a horrific ski accident I was on heavy as fuck drugs could anybody expect me expect me to be looking like a Victoria's Secret model Uh, no, I had no circulation because I lost half of my lymphatic system. Um, you know, I had serious nerve damage. I had horrendous, like, you know, emotional trauma and stuff from it as well. I lost, I was losing sleep. Like everything was frustrating and stressful and my body was really, really trying to heal. So nobody can expect me to have ripped abs and, um, toned arms. Anyway, it was actually just my ski accident that has, has, really been the biggest lesson in terms of self-confidence and self-love and I know self-love can sound like a bit of a cheesy word sometimes but it's just the it's just the confidence within yourself and and I've never been able to you know like stand in front of a never before um, my ski accident and I've been able to like stand in front of a man fully naked and be really comfortable or be like yeah let's have sex with the lights on and be really comfortable and now since my ski accident since getting my curves back and getting my period back it's funny how now I'm like, oh, my God, like I'm so much more confident. Yet if I looked at my body this time last year, I was still, I still had a, a bit more weight to gain before I get my period back. And I was, no, not this time last year, um, the, year the year before, like 2017, right? At my skinniest, I wasn't my most, most confident, you know, which everybody says. But honestly, I can tell you it really wasn't my most confident because confidence comes from your brain. It doesn't come from like how big your thighs are. And obviously I have some days better than others, but I've really learned to appreciate like the fact that I can take myself to the bathroom, that I can make my own lunch, that I can walk up the stairs, that I can, you know, I'm not walking around in crutches To me, being able to use my two legs is the biggest blessing that if I'm having a bad day and I'm like, oh, my thighs are fat. I'm like, yeah, but at least I have thighs that work that allow me to like do Pilates and yoga and walk and go to the beach and swim and have fun and dance and jump. You know what I mean? So um, that's sort of one of the lessons that I learned with my ski accident. And obviously, I learned tons more lessons. I actually wrote a blog post on this. But you know, one of the other lessons was definitely like trusting in the process because I've made so many amazing friends since my ski accident. I've learned a ton. But also, the biggest thing that I've learned, and the reason, one of the reasons why I have the snowflake tattoo on my wrist is that. At the time, I just thought my life was going to come to a halt. I was like, "Great, I can't work now. I can't do my bender events, which is like this epic yoga, these yoga events that I do. Um, I can't do all of this stuff, right?" And I was like, "Fuck this," you know. And I just thought that my whole life was going to be put on hold. But I actually proved to myself that when you, th- whatever you think you're not capable of, oh my god, you are capable of more than you could ever imagine, like. I would sit at my desk and I would have my leg up. It would have its ice or whatever the hell it had on it. I was running events. I was phoning people. I was doing coaching calls. I was doing Instagram lives. I was holding workshops whilst I was like incapacitated. So it really, really proved to me that whatever you set your mind to, you can absolutely do. And whatever you think that you can't do, or if you don't think you're capable of it, I'm telling you, you are capable of going through so much more pain emotionally, emotionally, physically, mentally than you ever, ever think is possible. I promise you. Like we as human beings are so incredibly strong. It fucking blows my mind all the time. Anyway, I don't want to rant on too much and make it too much about the Monica show. Um, Well, this first episode is the fucking Monica show because I just want you guys to get to know me. Um, But basically to give you a little rundown of what the podcast is going to be about. So it's going to be about, I've said it in the intro, but vaginas, sex, periods, health, food, self-confidence, relationships like with yourself and with others, how to communicate effectively, basically the stuff that I go through in life coaching and also my period coaching. So a little bit of everything. Um, The podcasts aren't going to be necessarily an hour long or anything or necessarily have guests in them. Um, The point is for me to be able to talk to you guys and educate you more um, without having to be like fully presentable all the time the time and jumping on Instagram lives and it means that you guys though most importantly it means that you guys can access me in the car when you're going for walks when you're making dinner it's a little bit more accessible than say YouTube or um, Instagram lives Um, so hence I wanted to make this for you as well um, so that you can hear more about what I have to say and learn more from me Um, because what I'm here to do is to teach you all and to help you all so there is no strict sort of um, guide that I'm going off for how I'm going to run this podcast. Honestly, my intern was asking me about that last night and I was just saying I'm just going to flow with it. I'm just going to flow with it. My goal is to be releasing one a week. Um, I think I'll figure out the day as I go along and then we'll get into a bit of a routine but my goal is to release one a week but I don't want to have to make this a pushing exercise because if I'm pushing with giving information then it's going to be boring for you guys and it's boring for me and it becomes a chore and your subconscious can tell if I'm fucking bored or you can tell if I'm pushing and then the episodes aren't going to be as engaging for you guys I want it to be engaging. So it's going to be a flow process. I'm going to be recording them when I feel inspired or when something comes to my mind. We're aiming for a podcast a week. Um, don't know how long it's just going to be. I feel like some are going to be 15 minutes and some are going to be like 45 minutes because, you know, we never know how long Monica's going to talk for. Um, I might jump, I might bring guests on in the future. I've got a few people in mind that are really, really specialized in their field that um, I'm not so specialized in. Um, it wouldn't be about periods or something. It would be something about like a particular food group that I'm not as specialized in. So I might bring on experts for that. Um, but otherwise it's really just the opportunity for me to educate you guys and for you guys to hear more, um, about the stuff that I teach about. Um, so, that, I think, is pretty much it for today. Um, please, ladies, subscribe to the podcast, obviously, so that you can get all the updates and whatever. And I would really, 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 really appreciate it if you could leave a review um, so that more people can... You know, jump on, listen to it, that sort of stuff. And then I can just basically teach more women because that's the goal here. But um, most importantly, please send me anything that you want me to talk about. So if you've got specific questions, topic ideas, all that, you can DM me on Instagram or you can go on my my website and fill out my contact form or you can send me an email, hello at monarchyates.com.au, and just make the subject podcast idea or something like that so I can search for it easily. Because I obviously want to be talking about the things that you guys want to hear about so send me all of that um and otherwise I hope you have a great day or evening wherever wherever blah blah blah. that was good hey um I'm gonna no I'm not gonna delete that we're gonna keep shit real I need to get out of this doona because I'm so fucking hot I can't even explain it and it's actually quite um mild in Sydney today so on like a 35 degree day I don't think I'm gonna be able to record a podcast or if I am you may get a little bit of echo in the background sorry not sorry and also, if you have a friend, a family member, or even a boyfriend that you think would learn a few things off my podcast, I would love, love, love for you to please share it with them. Because as I've said 500 times, my goal is just to help as many people in the world as possible. So I have big goals, big dreams, and I would really, really, really appreciate it. Like you have no idea. You can even send me a screenshot of you sending them a message being like, you got to listen to Monix podcast. And I will personally thank you. Um, Okay, have a good day wherever you are. And please, please, please pass it forward.